Hi, welcome to Living Water Bible Fellowship's audio sermons. It's our prayer and hope that you'll be encouraged and uplifted by the preaching of God's Word. Stick around after the message to hear more about how to contact us. Guys always want to fix everything, right? And, and just, we, I want you to fix it. I just want you to listen to me, you know? And so there was all these different uh, approaches, but it can be used for a lot of different things. And we're going to take a little different twist on it this morning. You know, there are just certain things in our life. There are certain pains. You know, there are certain things we're going through where we're on a certain course and, and we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and nothing changes. It's like the true definition of sanity. Albert Einstein said, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect it to change, you're crazy, you're insane. It's not gonna change. You've got this problem. You got a nail stuck in your head. What you, what you just keep going over and over and over again, doing what you're doing, thinking you're gonna fix the problem, it doesn't really work. And, and, and this, this, you know, we're going to kind of talk about that this morning um, as far as dealing with some of those situations. Several years ago, I'll use this as an example, uh, I was hunting with my uh, oldest son, David. He had a 76 bull tag uh, up in the Wiminooch. And so we decided to do an evening hunt. And I said, hey, listen, I know a great spot back in the Wiminooch. Um, it takes too long to go on the trail. So I know a shortcut. We'll take that shortcut, drop down in there, hit the trail, we'll hunt, and we'll come out at night. We'll get out before it gets dark. So we got down in there, and of course in the daytime, it looks pretty good, right? We got down in there, and I mean, the elk are bugling. There's just so much stuff going on. I'm like, hey, we're staying here till dark. We're not moving till dark 30. We're staying right here. And he goes, well, Dad, can you get us out of here? It's a new moon. It's, we had zero light. It is going to be pitch black. I said, we got headlamps. I know what I'm doing. I've been up here many times. We're fine. Well, we sit there, and we sit there, and we sit there, and of course, we don't get an elk, and it's time to head out, and man, it is dark. In the daytime, that's about an hour and a half walk where you can see where you're going. So we head out. We've been walking for almost three hours, and we're trudging through this thick pine, and I mean, it is dark, and finally, David just goes, sanity check. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm not taking another step, and I went, sanity check? Is that like some Air Force thing? I mean, you got kids in the Air Force, right? And then I got to thinking, well, he's a lot like his mom. He's trying to use logic on me. That's what he's trying to do, right? All I wanted to do is just keep trudging forward. And David says, Dad, I'm not taking one more step until I know we can achieve our objective in a different way. What we're doing is not working, Dad. This is not going to get us to where we need to be. It's not going to get us to our objective. We need to assess the resources we have, and we've got to change our course. We've, you know, we're not going to get back to that trailer. The compound things make it a little bit worse. He'd just been married. His new wife was in the trailer with Cindy. Uh, you know, it was getting late, and so she's just getting nervous. Cindy's been around us several times, no problem. She's probably in bed snoring, not Becky. Becky was scared to death probably, right? So anyway, he says, what do we got? What do we have for re- We have got to figure out where we're at and figure out how we're going to get to where we need to go. We have to change our course. I, I said, what do you got in that backpack, Dad? I said, well, what I have in here is what any good hunter would have. I got uh, 50 Jolly Ranchers and three Snicker Bars. We're good, right? <laughs> we needed more than that, guys. Actually, 
I had a topple in there. I never go anywhere without a topple, but which man pulls out a map, right? Had a topple and I had a good compass. He's like, get it out. So we get, the, we get the map out. Dave takes those two resources. He takes a map. He takes a compass. He knows basic orienteering. He figures out his latitude. He figures out his longitude. He gets a compass on the map. He goes, bam, we're right there, Dad. I went, no way. No way. I mean, at least we were still in the Rio Grande National Forest. That was encouraging. Guys, we were headed 100%, a 180 degree, completely in the wrong direction. We needed a change of course. We needed to stop, take a sanity check, take a deep breath and say, this isn't working. We need to do something different. So he takes those tools, readjusts everything, we start putting it in and we go, we gotta go this way. And I'll tell you what, within 30 minutes, we were back to that truck and then back to the trailer. And it just it was such a great example as I got to thinking about in our own lives as Christians, especially in this pandemic world we are living in right now. We have to pause. We need to call the time out. We need to say, whoa, sanity check. What's going on out there? What's, what does God want for me? What's he want to do? Where is he trying to take me? I mean, honestly, if you sit there today and you ask yourself, let me ask, I've asked myself these questions. Do you think you're on the right path? Honestly, folks, as you're sitting here, do you think you're on the right path? Do you think you're going where God wants you to go? Do you doubt that? Here's the one that's really a tough one. Do you feel like you're useful? Everybody wants to be useful, right? Do you really feel like you're useful in the body of Christ? Do you think... Or maybe perhaps you're not, and you're frustrated, and you're trying to figure out where that niche is, where God wants you to do it, where he wants to take you. This could, you could, you, this could, this could apply to your work. This could apply to family relationships, all these different things. We need to take a time out if something's not working and say, what can I do? What resources can I use according to what God gives us in his word to change my course of direction? Because I can guarantee you this. If you were here this morning and you believe in Jesus Christ, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and you are useful. I just guarantee it. You have purpose, you have reason, you have gifts. God has placed you here because he's called you to a special calling. So don't think for a minute you're not useful. You're useful. He's got a plan for you, okay? So as we look at that, and we look at life sometimes, we just have to say, time out. Sanity check. Let's take a look at this thing. Maybe I need a course of direction change. You might not need one. You might be on the right course. But it's always good. So what I would like to do this morning is look at a passage in John 14. Um, there's a lot of things in the Bible that work really well on this, right? But in this particular passage in John 14, and this is Jesus talking to his uh, disciples um, shortly before he leaves, shortly before his death and his resurrection. So these are in the last days of his ministry. And he's, he's working with his disciples and talking to them here. And actually, we're going we're to be in John 14, 15, and 16, but our main passage will be in, in John, John 14. And what we're going to try and do this morning is come up with just three basic understandings of some resources, of some tools, of some practical application um, devices It'll help us change our course of direction and help us get back on track if we think we need to. It's going to be like the compass and the map that we need in our lives.
from God's scripture to change things, okay? So let's go ahead and turn to John 14. I think many of you there already. We'll be working out of the ESV this morning. In fact, I'm using a pew Bible. I love these things because they're large print, right? Makes it much easier. So, But we're going to start out here in John 14, and we're going to read verses 15 through, I think we'll go through 25. And we'll read the entire passage, and we'll come back and look at those three different uh, resources and applications. Starting with verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not the world? Jesus answered, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. Okay, resource number one. The first thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about a couple of, as a Christian, there's a couple of resources. And then from those two resources, we'll talk about the third one, which is more of an application type character that we have because of those resources. And the first resource I want to talk about is the power of the Trinity, or what I like to call in theology, I-N theology. If you um, work your way through the Gospel of John, the Trinity is all over it. It starts with chapter 1, but these chapters for me personally, 14 and 15, are unbelievable. This Trinity after Trinity statement that you'll see in there. And folks, I think so many times as Christians, we overlook this. We do not understand how important the power of the Trinity is. It is so important in our lives. In fact, I would say that any religion that does not endorse or believe in the Trinity and tries to go beyond it is simply not Christian. That's how important it is. This is a non, you know, this, this, is a, this is a core theological belief. It's non-negotiable that we hold on to. We can debate a lot about a lot of different things in our theology, and sometimes it's kind of fun. This isn't debatable. This is so important. This is so real. And so many times we overlook the power of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit 
and how that works in our own lives. So let's look at, uh, let's start out by, um, we'll go down to, uh, we'll start in John 14. Let's get this thing in order here. And I think the first thing we'll do is we'll look at some of the references that Christ himself makes to this, all right, starting in John 14. Um, and we'll start with verse 19. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you also will live. Here comes some of this in theology. That just helps me uh, remember it. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. How many times in his ministry, over and over and over and over again, does Jesus tell the Pharisees and those people that he's listening to, I and the Father are one. I am God. God is me. Over and over. It drove them crazy. It drove them nuts. In fact, Jesus went on later to say, listen, if you uh, hate me, you hate God. That really upset them because they thought they loved God. But the fact is, if you hate Jesus, you hate God. And because of the Trinity, if you hate God, you hate Jesus. And if you hate Jesus or if you hate God, then you hate God's church. And you hate the Holy Spirit that is within us. It's all connected. It's all in. There's unbelievable power in the Trinity. It's, it's, it's through the Trinity that, you know, um, God's grace and mercy is received by faith. That only works within the Trinity. Any other religion that doesn't use the Trinity and doesn't believe in it, I'll guarantee you when you look at that religion, it is a religion of works. Works, works, works. Not with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and how we are connected with it. It is faith. It is faith. So he says, Because I live, you also will live, and that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Let's carry on with this thought just a little bit. Let's just jump over to chapter 15. This is the true vine chapter, first eight or ten verses. And boy, now you talk about some in theology. He really goes into it heavy here. Let's just look at a few verses. Let's go to 15.4. We'll look at 15.4 and 5. And then we'll jump down to 15.8. 15.4, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself until it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in them, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Down to verse 8. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Jesus is in God. God is in Jesus. Jesus is in us. God is in us. We are in God. God is in Jesus. The Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit is in God. We are connected through the Holy Spirit. There's unbelievable power there that we need to just remember and hold on to as Christians. The Trinity is so important, and you can see this over and over again in, in Jesus' teaching right here as, as we look at the importance of it. 
the, of course, the, the, the real important connecting element in this whole thing is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because Christ accomplished his work. Because Christ went to the, rock, to the cross and was resurrected. He sent down the Holy Spirit. When we believe in Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit, and now we are partakers in this process. Jesus is the reason we have hope. Jesus is the reason we have joy. Jesus is the reason that we're part of this process, this in theology. Now, as we move through this a little bit more, we're going to see more and more and more of this in theology. But I really want you folks to understand just how important the Trinity is. Because once again, you know, any, any religion that denies the Trinity, is not, it's not Christian. I've known of, of brothers and sisters, even from this church, that were one happy, so they went to another faith that was not Trinitarian. I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. You can make some different choices and go different directions, but man, folks, that is fundamental. That's how we hook into this whole thing. And the reason it's so fundamental, it takes us into the next resource. Because of the Trinity, because of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, because when we even believe in Jesus Christ, we are filled with the Spirit, a resource that is just unbelievable to keep us on the right path, to get us on the right path, and, and, and work us to where God is trying to take us, is the Holy Spirit. That's resource number two. The resource of the Holy Spirit. Once you choose Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. It's in the scripture, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 talks about this. Jesus talks about it right here. In fact, let's look at some of the scriptures that he refers to in the Holy Spirit. He, he brings it up in these two chapters five different times. Five different times. It's really important. He's preparing his disciples. He wants them to understand. This is a resource, folks, that's really important to us. So let's start with verse 16. <clears throat> and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, <clears throat> because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. We're back to in again. All right? That helper dwells with us and will be in us. He is in you. Jump down to verse 25, 1425. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, and this time he says the helper, the Holy Spirit, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said. That's pretty important. I think a lot of you folks, if you have an ESV Bible, on the very bottom, you know, the word that they use for helper, uh, the ESV translated every time as helper. Every one of these verses we look at today, Jesus is going to say the helper. The helper, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the helper, the helper. That's what we need when we're on a course that we're trying to change or stay on that's correct. We need help. Other words, if you look down there in my footnotes, it says, <clears throat> well, excuse me, <clears throat> I brought up some water. It's a good thing I did. Another word for helper is advocate. You've got an advocate. 
You've got a counselor. You've got a comforter. You've got the Holy Spirit. Do you see how important that is as we're trying to navigate our, our way through life? To have something like that, that that is there right within us, that connects us with the Father and the Son? Let's go over to 15. Let's look over to 1526. Here's that same word again. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Let's look at another one. Let's go to John 16. Just move over a chapter. Go to John 16, 6. 6 through 8. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. I don't know about you folks, but a lot of times I'm in need of a helper, of an advocate, of a counselor, of a comforter. And I've got it. We all have it. That Holy Spirit within us directs us. It guides us. Once again, in this pandemic world we're living in, that is a wonderful, wonderful thing to have as we navigate through this absolute insanity that's out there. And as we try and stay on mission for the church, we need to really understand the power, the power of that resource. And if you, as you look at just these few passages where Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, he's not only just a helper, but really, and, and there's probably a whole lot more, I came up with eight things that he tells us, that he, that he tells us about the Holy Spirit. We want to pull those up real quick. So I didn't want to... Uh, just read them off real quick. I wanted to put them up on the, uh, on, the, on the projection screen there. So Jesus tells us the Holy Spirit, our helper, and there's some scriptural references with each one of those. First of all, he's going to come. And second of all, he has come. And third of all, he's in us. He's in us. I mean, we can stop right there. That's good enough, right? I mean, we've, the Holy Spirit will come. Christ has descended back to the Father. The Holy Spirit has come. And for those who believe in Jesus, and only for those who believe in Jesus, and through his sanctifying work on the cross, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. It is in you. The helper, the advocate, the counselor, the comforter is in you. Four, the Holy Spirit reveals, reminds, and teaches. Wow. Thank God, right? That's why the word just, every time you open it up, there's something different that's just poking at you and it's teaching you something different because he's revealing things to you. It's the Holy Spirit that reminds you about scripture you've read and about Christ's command, and it teaches us, right? It is the source of all truth. That is really important for any Christian. If anyone is seeking truth in this world, until they find Jesus, they have not found truth. It's just that simple. The Holy Spirit's the source of all truth. That's where we find truth. 
It's in through the Holy Spirit. How about this one? The Holy Spirit will never leave you. Jesus said he'll be with you forever in the verses that we read. He will never leave you. Brings about the work of salvation. We've talked about this before. Over and over again, Pastor Duran reminds us it's not our job to do the saving. We don't do the saving. We share the message. Salvation is the work of the Spirit. And this last one, once again, it found in Ephesians and in the scripture here that we read this morning. It seals and guarantees your inheritance in Christ. You belong to Jesus. You belong to God. You are his church. You are sealed. Your inheritance is guaranteed. Yeah, amen. I know what? I like that. If I'm walking down a path and I'm changing course and I need to change course, that's really comforting to know I've got that sitting right there. Okay, so we, we've, got, we've got the resource of the Trinity, the power of the Trinity, this, this, this in theology. We've got the resource of the Holy Spirit. And because we have those two resources, now we kind of hit the application side of it. This is the one thing that's really important, and boy, does Jesus ever talk about it, not only here, but throughout the entire Gospels. This is the one thing that really, really is going to be important to keep us on course or to help us change course. But you really can't use it at all. You can't even draw from it unless you have the Holy Spirit and you understand the power of the Trinity. And that third one is obedience to God's word. How important obedience to God's word is. You see, no longer are we rebels or enemies of God. We express our love to God through obedience to his word that is only possible, that is only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit which is within us that we have received when we believe in Jesus Christ. I, you can just see the Trinity right there, right? You can see the way that whole in theology works, the way that unfolds. We express our love to God through obedience to his word. That's how we do it. It's just that simple. How? We can't do it unless you're empowered with the Holy Spirit. How do you get the Holy Spirit? You receive Jesus. You can see how this all connects together. So let's see what Christ has to say. And once again, all throughout the Gospels, he's hitting on this one. Let's just look at this passage alone. Uh, John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. The word keep there. Some translations say obey. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jump over to verse 21. 14, 21. Whoever has my commandments and what? Keeps them, obeys them. He it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That's that revelation. That's that revealing. Christ Jesus reveals himself to people who love him, who have received him, and who obey his commandments. Jump down another verse to verse 23. If anyone loves me, here he goes again, he will keep my word. And once again, my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. 
There's that indwelling again. That in again. They're in us, making that home within us. Whoever does not love me simply does not keep my words. I understand. Greg put simply in there. That's not in there. All right, let's jump over to verse uh, 15.7. We'll go on. We'll keep it in lines with obedience to God's word. Once again, now we're over here when he's teaching about the vine, right? He's talked about us being in Christ and Christ in us and Christ in God and God in us and the Holy Spirit in us. Now he's saying, listen to this. If you abide in me and my words, which in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And then run down to verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep... My commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. We are to be keepers of the word. We are to be obeyers of the word. And if you're going to keep the word and obey the word and put the word into action, you've got to read the word. You have to study the word. You have to grow in the word. How does that happen? By the power of the Holy Spirit working through you because of the power of the Trinity. If you are going to teach others Christ's commandments, if you're going to obey them, you've got to know them. You've got to read it. You've got to look at it. You've got to study it. You need to be in God's word if you're going to change a course in your life and get a different result. You've got to be obedient to God's word if you want to find out just where am, where am I going to be useful in the God's kingdom? How does he want to use me? What is the plan? Obedience to God's word is going to get you on that right path. It's going to keep you on that right path. As we look at those, just those few passages there, through obedience to God's word, we show our love to Jesus. The Father and Jesus show their love to us. We receive revelation for Jesus. We abide in his love. How about this one? We can accomplish anything for God's glory according to God's will when we abide in Jesus and his word. We can move the hand of God for God's glory and praise, all according to his will. Nothing. This, this, that always reminds me of Romans 8. Nothing can stand against us. This is not a name it, claim it, prosperity verse. Jerron went over this just a couple of weeks ago. This is a verse of the amount of power and protection and the things that we can accomplish as Christians if we go in the name of Jesus. According to God's will, Nothing, nothing is impossible. Why? Because nothing can stand against us. But once again, what's it all tied into? Obedience. Obedience to God's word. So unbelievably important in our lives. There's several examples, uh, even in the Old Testament, on this. Obedience to God's word and how that moves us in the right direction and helps us accomplish the things that he wants us to do when we're moving down the path that he's called us to go down. In fact, I think we've got time for it. Let's look. uh, I didn't give you this one, um, Sandra, but let's go to Joshua. Joshua 1, 5, 9. This is basically, I guess you'd call it Joshua's commission. He's getting ready to take Jericho. And there's there's some pretty specific... Um, instructions the Lord has given Joshua here. So let's look at verses 6 through 9. Uh, Joshua 1, 6 through 9. He starts off by saying, Be strong and courageous. 
And I, I would say this, and I don't think I'm stretching it too far. If we're going to be strong and courageous in our faith, we have got to be obedient to God's word. You can be strong and courageous, even in the middle of a pandemic. Yes, you can. But we need to stay obedient to God's word. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We do not need to be frightened or dismayed, folks. We need to be in God's word. Even as you work your way through this pandemic, don't let fear motivate any decision you make. Don't hide at home because you're scared. You can stay at home because you've decided that's a good decision for your health or other things you might be working through. Do not let fear motivate your thinking process. Be strong and be courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. Why? God is with you wherever you go. Why? Because you're in his word. You're obeying his commands. You're meditating on it day and night. You know what's interesting about this? Shortly after, um, you know, they go in there and they take Jericho. And then the next battle they have, they go in there, and AI, and I think that's how I always pronounce it, AI, they go in there to take AI, and he's like, oh, man, he just sent a little piddly army. We'll take these guys easy. They just got their hineys kicked. And Joshua's like, what happened? What did we do wrong? They departed from God's word. They were told not to take any loot, and Achan and a bunch of them took a bunch of loot, and they hid it, and guess what? They weren't so prosperous. And then what did they do? Well, I'll tell you what. Joshua definitely changed their course of direction. He found out what the problem was. He found out where they messed up, and he corrected it in a very strong way. And the results completely flipped. Obedience to God's word is so important in your life. I, for, I don't know how much time you spend in God's word, but man, because of the power of the Trinity and the Holy Spirit within you, obedience to God's word is really, really important. And I would like to really challenge you, just like Jesus does in John 14, to make that a priority in your own life. That's, that's where the application side of what we're talking about this morning um, you know, really, really kicks in. So really, folks, what we're talking about here, really, if we were, just, if we were going to put it into one word, that word is abide. Through the power of the Trinity and the Holy Spirit within you, Abide in Christ. Be in Christ. Because Jesus says, outside of me, you can do absolutely nothing. We prove ourselves and we glorify God when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we bear fruit. It's about abiding. It's about bearing fruit. That, it doesn't matter what God's called us to do. How we are useful within this body as we go forward Every one of us, individually and corporately, will bear fruit. 
You know, I've had people ask me sometimes, even in business meetings, or they'll come on my office and they'll say, ah, I can see you guys got things going on here, but, but how many people this week were saved? How many salvations did you have? How many baptisms did you have last month? Just how many marriages are you saving? And I'm sitting there going, I don't know. I know God's at work. I says, I think what's going on here is you're asking the wrong question. Because you're focusing on the fruit. And the fruit, that's good, but fruit comes from abiding. So when you go into a church, when you go into this church, when you go into any church, we need to be a body of abiders. If we are abiding in Christ, if we are obedient to God's word, if we understand the resource we have with this Holy Spirit and the power of the Trinity, we abide in Christ, and guess what? You won't have to work very hard to dig up fruit. You're going to find it everywhere because that's how the body works. That's the way Christ designed it. So yes, you are useful, and, the, and we all are important, and we are fruit bearers. We need to abide. So I'd like to encourage you from time to time, maybe even this morning you're thinking, hey, I could use a sanity check, right? Don't be afraid to do that. Get on your knees and say, time out. I'm not going one step farther. What I'm doing, what I have been doing, everything is just a mess. It's not working. I want to change course, God. I want to move in a different direction. I know I've got the Holy Spirit in me and just start getting into his word and reading and praying, and God's going to get you back on that right path. And he's going to help keep you on that path. And from time to time, you'll get off the path. I've been off several times. <laughs> I get distracted pretty easy. And what I do, I just get frustrated, man, and just keep storming farther ahead, working harder and harder and harder. Heck with it. I don't care for loss for three days. We're just going to keep moving. No, take a time out. Do a sanity check and see how God works and readjusts in your own life. And one last thing for a concluding verse. Let's go back to John 15. Because once again, I think this is really important for the season we're in now, this Christmas season. This is important because of this pandemic that we're in right now. One thing I love about Jesus, a lot of times when you're reading his teachings, I always ask myself, why is he doing this? Why is he, I don't get, I don't understand this. Why is he telling me this? And many times at the very end, Jesus says, oh, by the way, this is why I'm telling you this. Those are always like, Yahoo moments, right? Yeah, thank you, Lord. Well, if we go to John 15, right after he goes through all of the long description, it's not that long, it's just a few verses of how important it is to be in the vine. Look at 1511. After going, talking about in this, in that, in this, in that, bearing fruit, in me, in me, in me, in me. Listen to what he says. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Hey, this Christmas season, focus on the joy of Christ, the first coming of Christ. During this nutsy pandemic, You've got the Holy Spirit in you. Listen, listen, he says right here. I've spoken these things that my joy may be, his joy is in you. How can that be? It can be because of the Trinity. We're connected to him through the Trinity. My joy 
may be with you, and that what? It may be full. In other areas, he says that your, your, your cup is going to overflow. It's just joy abundantly. We look at some of the uh, passages on Christmas, and it says yeah, their, their joy knew no bounds for the shepherds. That's how joyful it was. Focus on the joy of that baby, Jesus, the Son of God, coming to save us, to redeem us, and to go back to the Father and fill us with the Holy Spirit. That, is, that, that, that verse is so encouraging to me, because you read that and you go, what, what, what's the main point here? Well, there it is. That's one of them for darn sure. I'm telling you these things because I want my joy to be in you. I want the joy of Jesus. I think we all need the joy of Jesus. Don't let this pandemic steal your joy. It can suck it out of you in a minute. Because you're filled with the Spirit. It says right here, Christ is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. God is in us. We are in Him. The power of the Trinity. You've got a joy that this world doesn't know. And if you're here this morning, and you don't know Jesus, and you're seeking truth, once again, you're not going to find it until you find Jesus. If you want this kind of joy, you can only find it in Jesus. And Jesus wants you to choose him. Jesus wants you to come to him. So in that process of becoming a Christian is a heck of a journey. And if you have any questions on that, if you want to know what that joyful life is all about and what it means to be able to have a plan where you can stay on path, come talk to me. I want to talk to you. I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ. I want you to know about a joy that goes far, far beyond anything this world can ever, ever give. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ, who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand, where he sits making intercession for his people, and right now he is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life, his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ, you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.